0: Fire up your Friday.
1: Fired up Friday.
0: With Steve Spiro, the Master Connector.
1: I am Steve Spiro, the Master Connector.
0: Over the next hour of this Master Connection series, we will take a deep dive into the different ways to connect and network effectively.
2: See us and hear us right now. So LinkedIn, we are on here. We're getting ready.
0: Hear from experts along with Steve Spiro who went from being shy and introverted to the master connector.
2: everybody. You know what time it is. Like, share, shout out your city and state. We want your questions. We want your comments. We're about to get into it. This is the Master Connection Series, and I'm so excited. Amazing, amazing, amazing panel of guests today. I'm going to go right into our introductions, and then we'll get our conversation started. We are talking about relating to many kinds of personalities. Let us know, even if you've let us know before, where you're tuning in from we want to hear we love hearing where you're tuning in from we want your comments and questions about relating to many kinds of personalities what are the challenges what are the struggles the more specific your questions the better we're able to help you i'm going to introduce our host the master connector himself Mr. Steve Spiro. Here we go. Steve Spiro is a martial arts black belt and a master networker. He has moved from being a shy, introverted kid to the master connector he is today. Steve Spiro began his business career starting his first company. It was an advertising company in NYC. He had an incredibly fulfilling career in advertising and marketing, but eventually pivoted to the technology industry. Today, he's a certified customer communications consultant with Quadiant, where he consults and mentors companies to help them find more effective ways to connect with their customers. Steve Spear believes in the power of mentorship, growing oneself through self-development and continuing to create meaningful connections through building a large network. Welcome to the stage, the master connector himself, Mr. Steve Spiro. Thank you,
1: sir. Cameron, you're the best. Appreciate it. Hey, so hey,
2: folks, Steve Spiro, the master
1: connector here. Uh, Cameron and I really appreciate you tuning in. Every Friday at 2 p.m., we come at you live and direct with engaging content on how you too can be a master connector. During this Master Connection series each week, our goal is to gather subject matter experts to impart their wisdom on us. Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, so I'm blessed to have my co-host here, Cameron Toth. Cameron Toth is the host and founder of BizDev Live. Uh, Cameron founded uh, Toth Event Staffing in 2011. Toth Event Staffing is a hospitality company providing staff to caterers, cafeterias, and catering departments in Westchester, New York, and New York City. BizDevLive was founded in 2020. BizDevLive takes Cameron's entrepreneurship experience and combines it with his passion for helping young people and business-minded professionals. Cameron Toth's mission in life is to increase access to education and opportunity for all people. So please bring to the stage my man, the the Wizard of Oz behind the stage, Mr.
2: Cameron Toth. Thank you, sir. So excited to be here. I got folks checking in. John Phillips, from Suffer in New York. Thanks for being here. We got somebody from Germany. Uh, Who do we got? I'm going to try to go over to my feed here. It's not popping up, but I'll I'll post a a link into the stream for anybody that wants to show up on the feed and have your actual name and picture show up. Uh, You're going to streamyard.com forward slash Facebook. I'll post that link in the chat. So make sure that you show up. And we got Jurgen Bubek, if I'm saying that right, Uh, from Germany checking in. So we're so glad to see you here. For everybody that's tuning in, uh, we want you to let us know where you're viewing from. We see 16 people viewing live. I know more people are coming in as we get to the top of the hour. Make sure you let us know where you're you're viewing from. Let us know your questions, your challenges around communicating with people uh, with different personalities. We wanna hear it. Rick is tuning in from Indiana. This Indiana. Thanks for being here. Glad to see some different faces. Some new members to our community. Welcome. And of course, Steve getting into the chat here. Welcome to everybody. He's coming to you live from Stamford, Connecticut. I'm coming to you live from Valhalla, New York. And Dan Light Spiro, Mama Spiro on the house from Poughkeepsie. Here My we father. go. We're going to go into our introductions. So uh we're going to go over first to Karina Burton. I'm going to fly over to Miss Karina. Here we go. Karina Burton, a mother of four daughters, is also the co-owner of CPR Construction, Cleaning, and CPR Productions, Creative PR. CPR started mid-2019 in Phoenix, Arizona, since has opened their services to an additional five states, Utah, California, Colorado, Nevada, and Texas. Karina Burton was a stay-at-home mother for 10 years after becoming a single mom. She has remarried, grew a career in business development, authentic branding, marketing, sales. Please welcome on the stage, the courageous, the great Karina Burton. Karina, go ahead and say hello to everybody, folks. Hello,
3: I'm so excited to be here today. And thank you to the both of you for inviting me and to be able to share my perspective on relating to multiple personalities. Thank you.
2: Yeah, it's a fun topic. Thank you so much, Karina. We're going to fly over to Mr. John Hill, aka the Small Mountain. John Hill is the founder of Adapted Growth, a consulting company that helps make selling more repeatable. He is one of the hosts of Sales Throwdown, a podcast discussing personalities in sales. We're going to push him to make sure he's speaking. is a man of few words, but we are excited because he likes talking about different personalities. We're going to get into it today. Mr. John Hill, welcome to the show.
4: Thanks for having me. I am blown away that Steve's mom is here because my mom doesn't <laughs> even watch the stuff that I participate in. So that's huge. That You're killing it, Steve. That's awesome.
2: He's a fortunate individual to yeah. have Mama Spiro uh, in, in the house. We like that. All right, we're going to fly over to Mr. Lori. Rifkin, Lori Rifkin, CPA, has 40 years of business experience ranging from accounting operations, sales, and marketing. He specializes in returning companies to profitability, a core introvert. He wanted a large network, but there was one problem networking terrified him starting from scratch he learned what worked and did not work as he networked slowly and surely he built a large network to drive business to his companies one day he realized that his failures and successes could shorten the time others needed to build their networks. He took people out to lunch to learn about their life stories and how they networked. The a chance encounter led to a LinkedIn hashtag lunch with Lori, and he was off helping others learn and network. He owns four businesses in Milwaukee, a business turnaround and profit improvement firm, a bookkeeping and accountant service company, a networking training, an event company, and a residential rental units on Milwaukee's east side. The amazingly busy, thank you so much for spending the time with us. Please welcome to the stage, Mr laurie rifkin
5: well i want to thank uh, cameron you and steve for having me on here because 10 years ago i'd be afraid to show up for a show like this so this is exciting and i've had to deal with a lot of personalities and all the different businesses and i'm glad to be able to share some of that knowledge to help people
2: thank you Lori. we appreciate you being here we're going to fly over to miss tevis trower
6: i'm tevis so trower. happy to be here <laughs>
2: Tevis Trower, author, leadership futurist, executive coach and balance integration corporation founder, CEO Tevis Trower is a pioneer in wholeness-based leadership and optimizing the relationship between work and self. Heralded in best-selling best-selling Megatrends 2010 as corporate mindfulness guru for the new millennium and called a breath of fresh air and leadership development by Forbes magazine, Tevis has assisted powerful organizations ranging from Disney to Morgan Stanley and optimizing their most precious asset, humanity, serving clients in over 70 US markets, Europe and Latin America. Tevis has facilitated global executive immersions, keynotes and panels for prestigious organizations, including Fast Company, The Atlantic, Harvard Business Review Events, Young Presidents, Organization, Conscious Capital, the list goes on and on and on. Tevis lives what she teaches from her home in Woodstock and Chelsea, NYC, enjoying story slamming, surfing, snowboarding, playing guitar and singing. Tevis, please welcome to the stage. We're so glad you're here.
6: I'm so glad to be here. And I feel like the panel's already a microcosm of different personalities. So it's fabulous.
2: Exactly, exactly. Here we go. All right, so I want to just shout out our audience before we jump head over heels into the conversation here, but uh, we got Mr. Chris Januski checking in. Thanks so much from Yonkers. We got James O'Dannell checking in from the UK. We got Beth Pagano checking in. (laughs) And the crowd goes, wow, John Hill, aka Small Mountain, showing some support there. Beth, let us know where you're tuning in from. And Mr. Greg Diaz checking in from... Illinois. All right. Uh, For our panel here, and I know Steve is going to get us started off here, but we want to get into this question of how do you relate with different types of personalities personally and professionally? Uh, What what are the things that you do to actually recognize that you're maybe talking to a different kind of personality and how do you shift uh, your gears to make sure you're being an effective communicator. So Steve Spiro, get us started off. And then for all my panelists, you know the deal in the private chat, just let me know who wants to jump in next and we'll get you on the stage. Go ahead, Steve.
1: So first of all, very, very super, super excited that we have an amazing uh, panelist here. Uh, Cameron, thank you again for being the master uh, behind the stage here and getting, out, getting all this technology stuff going, appreciate you, sir. Um, and very appreciative of the uh, viewers, uh, especially mom. Thanks, mom, for being a support. John, thanks for calling her out. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, listen, per, you know, I had, I think I may have shared this publicly multiple times. I had the personality of a brick. Okay. I'm very serious. I had no personality. Um, I was the kind of guy that if you, if you said something and I didn't agree with it, you know, no, no, Phil, no, I, you know, I know how you feel. Let me tell you, you know, what I found and, you know, n- none of that, you know, I, you know, I was like, literally, you're wrong, like that, like with attitude. You're wrong, okay. And I didn't get me really very far, you know. I, you know, I know mean, it was a great book. I finally got to read, you know, how to win friends and influence people. And, you know, I, you know, I was really more of a how to alienate, uh, you know, and and create enemies is really what how I live my life. But, but I, I started to see how really being able to relate to different people in different ways was very effective. It was very effective relationally. It was very effective in business. Um, so I'm super excited to hear how everyone has perspective on that. Uh, you know, I'm a big believer in the DISC, which is the DISC profile, uh, you know, decisive for dot, for I, uh, for D, uh, you know, inspiring center of attention for I, S, supportive, uh, you know, sort of uh, people-pleasing kind of personality. And C, cautious, calculating. And I kind of see how that all kind of plays out when you're dealing with people, because if you, know, you notice some people are very fast-paced right? Cameron is definitely more on the, on the inspiring fast pace side, right? Whereas you look at someone like John, he's definitely more on the cash ca- calculating cautious side, you know? So, and it's interesting. So, you know, I've learned to to mirror people, not in a weird, obvious way, but just sort of, you know, if, if I find somebody that I'm dealing with is a little bit on the slower pace side, I might slow it down a notch. But I've also found that people that have a slower pace, they don't mind that, that uh, they're a little bit of energy. They actually like it. Like, you know, my wife has got a lot of energy and she, she, you know, I like her spunk, you know, it's, it's, you know, so, so there's, there's value in the personalities, but knowing and understanding them and being able to work with them and deal with them is, is been very, very valuable for me personally and professionally. Uh, I've been able to have a great career. I've been able to create businesses and uh, I've had very meaningful relationships that I've been able to establish because of that.
2: Thank you, Steve. And I, I think that clearly laying out, right? You know, you can, I like how you kind of showed and still like pointing out some of the personalities right away, right? I'm, <laughs> I got a, a very different personality, but I also say this I have a different personality on this show than I do in real life, my personal life, right? So we, I, I, I love how sort of identify that for both ourselves and how we kind of see people in their different environments. Cause I have a feeling, uh, people are a little bit different and show up a little bit different in places. And I'm interested in learning how does that fit into the, uh, the personality, the disc profile and all that. I know John Hill wanted to jump in on disc uh, profile
4: in, in particular. Go ahead, John. Um, to Steve's point, he makes a bunch of really great points in, in there that they're we all view this kind of stuff differently. and it's awesome because it shows up in the introduction. like i my introduction was very, very small by comparison to some of the other ones on here. and so the the thing that I have found to be most important is you can't even really just know the disk of of others, right? that d i, s and c. You also really have to spend time understanding how it comes up in your communication. like how, I'm a C personality type, so I'm not really supposed to be in sales as a networker and biz dev person or really even running a company because it's not normal for C personality types. So whenever I first started to network, it was a huge struggle. I I was just like um, Steve and the fact that I was too blunt and didn't really have any... uh, like ease in conversations. I just wanted to get in here, figure out if there's a problem and then leave. And that's great for me to kind of protect from my time and make sure I'm moving things forward, but it's very hard to build trust with people, which is what you really need to have great long lasting relationships and make sure that you're working well with people. So it's been a long road, but um finally starting to get to the point where I don't come across so cold and calculating in most of my conversations, but when I'm stressed out, that still shows up. So. that stress lever is an interesting component when you're thinking about sales, because you hit the nail on the head Cameron. that you're not the same person off the show that you are on the show, depending upon the environment, you can be different things. Uh, Steve's a martial artist. I'm a martial artist as well. And uh, my first business partner who kind of put me on this path, thought that I was a D personality type because he only knew me in the martial arts school. And when we came back from doing the assessment with my first coach, and it came back as I was a C, everybody was surprised. I was surprised, he was surprised, my coach was surprised. So there's depth to this when you're when you're doing it for the right reasons and trying to really learn about yourself. And I think that that's the most important part that a lot of people miss.
2: I love this. And we got a, a question already and I, I love getting the specific questions. Do some personalities find other personalities more attractive, D to I or C to D, for example? I have a feeling... Uh, both the, the the text and, and, and some of the, the folks uh, experience on here uh, would say yes to that question. I want to jump in and, and give everybody a chance here, though. Uh, Tevis, I know you want to jump in. Go ahead.
6: Yeah, thank you for unmuting me. Um, I think it's interesting that almost everyone on this panel has come straight out and said, I'm an introvert right? Like, think about that. Here we are talking about networking, talking about authentic connection, and we ourselves have had to struggle to learn how to connect. And I think such an important part of this is that in the moment of walking into a room, and whether at this point, it's still a Zoom room oftentimes, or it's in a beautiful hotel or a bar or wherever that event is uh, taking place, in that moment, all of us our terrified children. We revert back to our most primordial young memories of wanting to feel safe. And so what's so interesting is while our adult mind may say, I got to make a connection, I got to close a sale, I got to somehow make this worth my while, what we oftentimes can find solace in is remembering that the point of communication is energy exchange right? The point of two human beings interacting is actually having a flow. And so when we approach it that way, it's less about who am I going to be than it is how am I going to be? Can I be open? Can I be receptive? And that kind of gets you out of the hangup. Well, am I talking to a D and am I talking to an I, right? Or whatever the archetypal sorting that we're looking to is because oftentimes when we walk into a room we lose it trying to chase the goal right trying to chase the bunny and instead what we actually need to do is ground ourselves and see who we're drawn to and start there so we follow the natural flow of who we're drawn to And when we show up and we give them permission to be themselves and help them feel safe, then there becomes an opening for authentic connection that can go in so many different directions. So I think a lot of what we call um, networking is actually, how do I be human and communicate who I am?
2: I love that. Yeah. And and that's such a difficult thing. I was doing a BizDev Live on it this morning actually getting clear communication. I don't think there's anybody that's 100% figured out. I don't care who you are and how great you are at communication. We're all learning how to communicate better, right? Karina, I know you wanted to jump in.
3: Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. I just wanted to, Tevis brought up a really great point. It really honestly resonated with me. And it has to do with allowing the other person to feel like they have the ability to open up and be themselves as well it's it's about that energy exchange and that is something that i i learned at a really young age how to allow other people to to see their depth that's beyond the exterior and even the things that they like to do um, it goes so much farther beyond that and then you know, into my adulthood, I started to realize that the more I would just not think about my goal. Right. So we're talking about business and, you know, networking and connecting with other people. If I just focused on that opportunity to connect with another person and see their actual depth, I then began to build these authentic and genuine relationships with other people. Um so I just, I honestly just loved what Tevis had to say about that because it's, she's a hundred percent right on with that.
2: Love that. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just quoting Tevis in the, in the comments here, communication is energy exchange. when we kind of think deeply about that, you know, because I was talking about communication on Live this morning and people were piping up the comments, but it, we've all been there when we get that text, and we you know you can sit there and talk about tone or whatever, but there's definitely like energy. There was energy on the other side of it. There's energy, and sometimes we get these like misconductions, right? The the the, the wires aren't really connecting the right way, or at least not the way we intended them uh, to be. I just want to shout out our users. I know Steve, you wanted to jump in, but uh, uh, we've got Alan Greenwald checking in, uh, Michael Malone Jr. checking in from New York. Uh, we got James O'Donnell checking in right with the question. Thanks for doing that. Randy checking in from Columbus, Georgia, Olivia Zavala checking in from Phoenix from applied photography. Thanks for being here with us, Steve. Uh, I know you wanted to talk to James question again, do some personalities, find other personalities more attractive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and great stuff. Uh, all the, all the panelists. Thank you that you guys are doing tremendous. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. I will say this. I'll give you the opposite side first. Um, a, D, uh, a, a, a C will drive, drive a D crazy. Okay. A D being dri- driven, decisive, dominant kind of personality, kind of the person who wants to just, you know, they just get to the point, just get to the point. And C's are all about detail. Uh, and also they have a, tr- a tough time with S's also because s's are kind of like they're slow and they're just kind of people pleasing and and these just want, they just want to get it done you know let's let's go come on you know so so tent there tends to be a sense of kind of staying in your own lane so to speak you you tend to see people that are are c kind of gravitate to C's a lot and so forth right Uh, because that's the that's the language that they kind of you know listen for uh but but to and we i kind of saw in the in the private chat john was talking a little bit about You know saying that um people argue with him about the fact that uh, they can't see how he was a c and you know i think the biggest compliment that i get sometimes is when somebody guesses my my personality style wrong and what that means to me is is that i am doing a great job of learning how to live in the different quadrants and relating to different people and and um and I've had people swear up and down. I mean, I am a DC CD. I think a lot of it has to do with depending upon you know the environment. You know, if I'm work related, it's probably a little more D. If it's if it's kind of more social related, it's more C, right? I'm the guy in the corner of the party observing everybody, not on the dance floor. That's me, right? Uh, but you know, you know, John shaking his head, he understands. Uh, but but and Tevis too. Okay, cool. But anyway, it's 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 interesting, right? So but I think the fact is that I've had a lot of people say, "Steve, you're definitely an I." I'm like, "What?" Like my mentor is like he talks about it all the time. And he says you're like a, you're all C, and I, I'd say you need to talk to my mentor and tell him that you think I'm an I. Uh, but anyway, it's pretty funny. It's it's just it's just cool stuff when you when you start looking at personalities. But I don't want to I don't want to take too much time. I want to hear everybody else's
0: perspective.
2: Well, I think Tevis wanted to jump in with with sorter limitations because I think we're gonna have this conversation, well, how do I define folks? But even if you understand what the D stands for, the I stands for, it can be difficult to put people into one row. I was speaking, I'm a little bit different over here. Given, Given the day, I might be a little bit different. Go ahead, Travis.
6: Well, I think we have to bear in mind, I mean, I'm sure all of us have done a sorter of some kind, whether it's the DISC, the Kiersey Temperament, the Myers-Briggs, and all of them have strengths and all of them have limitations. And um, they're great guideposts, like even the Gallup stuff, right? The strength sorter, like everything is like a little inroad into how do I compute? How do I cognate? How do I relate? But what's interesting is when we sit down to take a test, It is a different part of our brain than the part of our brain that's activated in the moment of social pressure. Think about it. Oxytocin is in play. Adrenaline is in play. So the part of our brain that that type of performance is going to trigger a different set of cognitive pathways, then I'm walking into a networking and maybe I dress differently from everyone, or maybe everyone's older or they're younger, or they seem like they're from a different part of a social site, right? All these things happen. And what I think is really dangerous for any of us who fall in love with, I want a map. I want a map of who I'm talking to, I want a map of myself, is that the map is never the territory. It can't be, or it would be a replica of the territory. It, it's got to be a reduction, right? And so I think that when we walk into a room and we start to make assumptions and judge, a lot of times we're actually kind of amputating, we're, we're cur- curtailing the ability to just have an encounter and actually respond to what that person communicates to us about themselves. And so while I think that that sorters and knowing tendencies is fabulous, I think that if we're gonna be a leader, we know that that's just a starting place. And what we really have to do is task ourselves with understanding those things and then stepping into an interaction with another human being, whether it's a barista or whether it's your boss and being present to what they are showing us about their energy, about their perspective, about their speech patterns, about the values they're conveying and figure out how do I meet them where they are and still stay connected to myself.
2: I love that. And I want to ask this question because I think this will, this will help elucidate some things for the audience because we're, get a little technical with the disc. And I don't know if everybody's been through the disc. I know I've done a little bit, but I don't have it in my head to pull out. Not the way that Steve does for sure. What questions do you ask or what feedback or what, you know, what are you looking at to discertain that this is this kind of personality? And then how do you change to actually work with that person based on the feel you're getting from them? You know, I know on the well, you know, you talk about barista, you know, you know, I go into a shop, somebody's not having a good day. I smile. Right. So there they're, they're may be in a more reserved, conservative kind of frame. And I sort of get a little bit more uh, happy because I want to positively affect their day and I want to have a positive outcome. And I know if they're not super positive and I go down. Right. If I go negative, uh, that conversation may not work out as well as if i put a little positive spin and maybe get that person to smile get some of the mirroring uh pieces together so who wants to jump in on kind of what questions you ask i know um i think it was john it was like i asked some some questions in the moment to sort of disertain the disc kind of piece who wants to jump in there you can show your hands uh, i know steve wants to jump in go ahead john and then steve you can jump in too
4: so um i th- i love everything that Tevis is talking about, because I do think that it changes from situation to situation. Um, the hard thing about it is that if you if you have sales goals, right, and actual goals and quotas and certain KPIs that you have to hit, depending, I think that if you don't understand your disc, their disc, right, how you think about conversations, how you think about conflict, how you think about getting agreements and moving a conversation forward, you can spend a whole lot of time with people who. Will spend time with you because they're an I personality type and they like to network, but they don't necessarily see you as a valid person who can fix their problem. So, I, I, like I coach a lot of salespeople and a lot of biz dev people and closers and everything else. And it, it's always about can you build trust within a certain amount of times so that way you can have the real conversation? Because with an all, a long enough timeline, Um, you can build trust with anybody, right? And the conversations become great. But when we're dealing with, you know, a limited time kind of deal with goals, right? Because like salespeople are always gonna have a certain amount of chaos that they have to filter through, then DISC can become really, really happy or really important with that. Because the way that an I responds to a conversation that they're not really interested in is gonna be different than the way that a C type responds to a conversation if they choose to do so at all. So looking at it just on the face of it, can lead you down some paths that don't that don't necessarily wind up well with your goals.
1: It's great stuff. John mute, Dick, yeah, I'm mute there, Cam.
2: Sorry, I just wanted to shout out Rick Sims, uh, who's ordered Teva's book online. So that, that's that's nice. We get some business out of here. That's why I like it. Nice. Uh John Phillips, great point, John. Uh thank everybody in the audience. Keep asking questions too. We want to hear your questions. Uh Steve, I know you want to jump in and then Lori, go ahead
1: yeah absolutely and and john great great take on uh on tevis's point right and i agree you never want to put people into boxes you never want to label people that's for sure but it does help as a guide and and i I agree completely uh with what john said about in a business environment right if you know that somebody has d tendencies and he's very much the point you're going to want to bring your d up in your in your you know your conversation you you know so some of the questions that i i've, I've been trained on how, what to ask and you may not ask this in a business setting but you can get a sense of these answers you you want to find out are they task or are they uh people oriented right so one question and this is more of a social thing when you wake up on saturday are you and you got nothing to do are you the first thing you're thinking about is what you got to accomplish what you got to do or who do you want to be with if you if you say you want to be with somebody then you're per, then you're you're people oriented, and then you could figure out quickly: are you slow paced or fast paced? You could tell by the way they speak. You could tell by the way they move: are they slow paced or fast paced? So if they if they're people oriented, right, and they're fast paced, then they're probably an I, okay? Um, you know that 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 is the uh, that's what that means, right? If they're people oriented and they're slow, they're an S. If they're and so again, I you know could get too technical. I want to get technical, but it's it's good. It's really good because you can then allow what you're learning to figure out which direction and how you're going to communicate with them, right? Cameron mentioned something about mirroring. Mirroring is another good technique, whether you know the disc or not. You know, if they're fast paced, you want to pick it up a little bit. If they're slow paced, they're detail oriented, pick, you know, kind of ma- mirroring and matching them to a degree is, is very effective. People, you know, instinctively, right? It's why we have unfortunately prejudice in this country because people tend to be more relatable to people that they know or that, that they feel that it's very much like them, right? And people have a, a, you know challenges, it probably goes back to our amygdala and the fight or flight part of us, where if it's different, it's uncomfortable, it's awkward, right? So familiar is something that they like, and that's why knowing their personality tendencies, and we won't label them, is important as well. So that, that's my, you know, no, kind of slower past pace is important. People are task oriented. And, I've, and I've, I found that to be very, very effective in, in relating with people.
2: Lori, I know you wanted to jump in. Go ahead. And then I, I was asking our, our panelists, I also want to ask the audience really would love to share uh, if you've had an experience where you shifted because your personality, the way you were communicating, you knew that you needed to change that because based on the personality. We want to hear those stories. And I know uh, Karina's got one to share with us. Uh, go ahead, Lori.
5: Yeah, how you doing uh in my turning around businesses i walk in and usually have a week to assess everybody um if i don't have a personality profile test to give i ask what people's hobbies are because a lot of times when they tell me their hobbies i can figure out a lot about their personality and the reason why it's important in a lot of failing businesses and businesses in trouble they have the wrong personality type in the wrong role and here's an example if i come in and ask uh an accountant to give them a task to build a 13 week cash flow and say build it, I'll be back in five days to look at it. If they are a detail person and not a big picture person, they can't do the development and build the model. But they're great at filling in the blanks. So I learned to assess the personality. And if the person is a detail-oriented, fill in the blank person, I'll do the heavy lifting model building for them so they could feel comfortable just filling in the blanks with details. And other times, if a person's a creative type, I have to do the creative and then give a detailed person the job of making sure the stuff gets done. So understanding what people's personalities are is important to put them in the right role in a business.
2: I love that. I think it's so important to identify that, too, especially when you have company and you're hiring for roles. If you don't have the right personality for the right role, it's that's not destined for success. Karina, go ahead.
3: So I just wanted to just kind of, I mean, the conversation is really going amazing and I love everyone's uh, perspectives because really they end up becoming very um, intertwined with the conversation. But I also wanted to kind of give an example of, you know, for people who are struggling, how do you get to this point? And, you know, initially when I first started to understand in in utilizing this in a business aspect in a business world to um to create my goals you know initially when i would go in to visit clients uh my role was bd sales i could remember feeling that i would go in and execute right in my mind i'm thinking just execute what i'm supposed to and i kept hitting this wall and hitting another wall and i'm thinking well What do I need to do to change this? And so instead, I would go in and visit this new client. I would actually embrace what this office was looking like and who was in the office and what was around the office and take a moment to to look at you know, their likes and who they are and what were represented themselves. And so I started to notice a major shift in recognizing That I was now embracing who they were and then inviting it into my life. So that's where I really started to notice that whole energy, just like uh, Tavis had brought up at the very beginning and realizing that when I embraced other people's energies, I was then becoming more successful in building authentic relationships with others. And obviously, when it comes to business, these are long lasting relationships. These aren't a one and done. And I think that, you know, anybody who is struggling in that point of wanting to break that barrier, sometimes we need to turn off what's in our head and that busyness of the execution and then, you know, put into perspective, I need to embrace what people are telling me and seeing what's around me to to then invite their personality into my life and then be able to genuinely relate with them as well.
2: I love that. You know, I basically didn't get a job offer because I walked into the job interview overdressed. And so that like reading the environment, you communicate in a lot of different ways. And because I didn't examine that by the way, I was at a place because of the way I dress. That's the way I like to dress. Probably wasn't a good position for me. So maybe if I would have done research, I would have saved myself some time and applied to a better place to begin with. But I love that piece of communication, right? Because you get that understanding that there's a lot of pieces involved with it and doing that research and homework. James O'Donnell asks, Love the theory is they practical applications that don't rely on knowing the theory like a master. And I think speaking right to that, uh, I think we're going to get more of that here as, as we go through our, our panelists. Uh, we, we got um, uh Karina and uh, John, Karina went John, and then uh, Tevis was gonna share some stories as well. But I think you're gonna see the practical applications and a lot of it is doing the research, uh, jumping on the call, maybe looking at the LinkedIn profile before you talk to them, digging through some of the the posts, the content, what does this person like to share? Those are the ways that you're gonna start to see some of the things that they care about, what their personality actually is, because a lot of personality is, you know, I could be a, a very hard type, but, I can cut through something like butter if I find those things that they're passionate about and that's universal to just about any kind of, you know, personality. There's going to be people that react less strong or more strong, depending, but you're going to find those ways to get into people's uh, brains by giving them the stuff that they care about and and mirroring that back to them. John, I know you wanted to jump in. Go ahead, John.
4: I. I am blown away by the conversation. This is like way cooler than I thought it like I had hoped it was going to be. Just being really honest, um, how the, much did you
2: think this was going to suck? Well, <laughs> I didn't think so. it was going to
4: suck. But like you know, when you come in at a hundred and I'm expecting a ten, I, I, I'm blown away. Um, the the really interesting thing is that when you start to learn disc, right, a lot of people want to kind of flinch away from the D personality type, right, because they they see that person as that very gruff, abrasive, very direct and to the point. And it can be very uncomfortable if you're not used to communicating in that that manner. And so when you start to learn disk, a lot of people are like, well, I don't wanna deal with these. I don't wanna deal with D types. But then eventually what happens is that if you're in the game for a while, you start to seek out D types, right? And you start to enjoy it for what it is because you always know where you stand when you're talking with a D, right? If you're prospecting to a D qualifying or trying to sell to present a solution to them, you know exactly where you are because they don't care enough about your feelings to lie to you, right? And as a salesperson, that's amazing. It's really, really great that you can always know where you are because there's a lot of people who don't really want to tell you no, but they're not really sure if it's a no. And so, you know, they just want to invite you to hang out. Um, And that can sometimes get in the way because you have goals and you've only, there's only so much time in the day. You have to know when you can, put something down because it's not going to go anywhere and turn your attention to other conversations. Um so yeah, so I I love now when I get to talk to someone like Steve because I know exactly where I'm at, right? In the beginning, that's kind of terrifying because you know, you're supposed to go show up and have conversations with people and before you start to learn this stuff, you just kind of feel like why why do some people why why are some of these conversations great and some of them are a pain. Uh, like, a, like a struggle all the way through. And when you start to look at this stuff, it becomes easier, it, at least in my view. Um, it can be limiting much to Tevis's point, you know, that she was making a second ago because um, when when you're not stressed, you have access to everything. And the more you hang out in the different sectors because your role requires it, the more strength you have there. But whenever stress comes back along, you're gonna revert back to, you know, your defaults, right? So um, even in my household, my, my family knows that if I'm stressed out, I'm not empathetic guy, right? I'm task, dude. Hey, we're moving, we're moving, we're moving. And thankfully now we have this common language about it. So my partner who works on my team, she edited my book and is amazing. She is an SC. So when I go into task mode, she starts to get a, a little bit uncomfortable and we have to have a quick conversation of, hey, are you in task mode or are you angry? And then I say, I'm just in task mode. And then we can both just put it down and continue to get back into the like the the rhythm of the work that we're doing. That to me is one of the most powerful things about this is it gives you a way to critically talk about things that kind of get in your way or help you. Um, and that's why I think it's more important to like focus on yourself and know yourself first before you go around trying to like label everybody else because you can be wrong.
2: I love that. And I, I love folks that sort of ask that permission to have that conversation. You know, it's great. Among spouses, we don't always feel like we have that that same level of ability to ask those questions. With maybe somebody that's a client on the phone, how would you like me to express this to you? What form of communication do you want this to take? How much impact? But I, I've seen it several times. Steve and I have been on uh, Clubhouse with uh, uh, Mr. Stefan Theringer and you know, you always ask and it's, it's, it's sort of funny. It's part of it. It, part, it feels like sort of the routine, but you can also see that there's a strategy to it. It's like, John, do you mind if I get, you know, really personal with you? And even just the answer to that, right. You can sort of feel even, you know, cause most likely they're going to say yes, but if it's a strong, quick, yes, versus a, uh, yeah, sure. You sort of get a feel right there for the personality. So going back to, to James O'Donnelly in, in the comments, that's the practical use, right? You can start with some of those questions you can start prodding out what is the leeway or where does this person want to come in on you know feedback and uh, different pieces of the puzzle here? Uh, Tevis, I know you wanted to jump in. go ahead.
6: It's just such an exciting conversation. I'm thinking about uh, moments in which I really had to ask myself, how do I make myself, embraceable to go back to karina's point right how do i really understand the values of the environment i'm walking into and how do i show that i can reflect and embrace them and this has happened so many times because as we navigate sales etc sometimes we're in front of a chanel and sometimes we're in front of the nypd right so A couple of pivots I've had to look at and had to look at a pivot fail for me, right? I go into the NYPD to teach their officers how to stay cool through chaos. And I knew, wow, I was in the army. I really need to lean on those experiences so that they know that even though I'm hippie girl who plays a guitar, I get them right? I've been through this. So so I think really looking at at the environments that we are walking into and looking for common shared ground that shows um, that there's it's not so um, similar. The other thing that I thought about is a communication or connection fail, right? If you think about connection and think about it as an energy exchange, what I like to call it is social currency. So What I inherently consider a valuable social currency may not be the same as who I'm walking into. I gave a workshop at White & Case. This is a really tony, high-end law firm, and they really care about status. They really care about where did you go to school? Who have you worked with? You know, all this resume stuff that never crosses my mind. So, we didn't preamble my presentation by really leaning into that stuff. And it was really hard for them to hear me because they didn't know my street cred. So, I think knowing what will have gravitas and street cred to who you're speaking with is going to help you show them that you value what they do. The last thing that I wanted to say is sometimes we're connecting with people who have really different values, and we don't have anything in the toolbox to say, oh, I'm like you. And that happened to me with Chanel. Other than being human beings, I had never been a status person. Um, I was pulled in to do a workshop and I realized, wow, I have a lot of judgments about this level of luxury. And I really had to get on the other side of it to be able to serve them. And part of what I found is that when I looked at my own imposter syndrome, how often are we dealing with our own imposter syndrome? and and connecting with others. When I looked at my own imposter syndrome, I realized that that was really what was standing in my way. And by getting on the other side of it, it was a great engagement. So I just wanted to offer that up.
2: I love that. I wanted to capture the head nodding there. I think we're talking about a lot of you know, other people's personalities, but so often isn't it our own personality that needs to adapt and change to the situation because of our own limiting beliefs, our own personal take on that. I love that Tevis. You know, I know I'm dealing with some, some, maybe some macho kind of folks with the NYPD. So let me um, establish my credentials, which I think is something that you know, anyone that's that's come on to the speaker role, we do the introductions at the beginning of the stage, you always want to establish your credibility. And for somebody, you know, you may take it for granted that somebody knows something about you that you don't. Sometimes you need to establish those credentials. I love that. Steve, I know you want to jump in.
1: Yeah, I, Tevis, thank you for bringing up the imposter syndrome piece of that. We did a great show a few weeks back on that. Yeah, um, But that's it's a great topic and there's so much more we can touch on it. And I, I wanted to share. So, you know, one of the things that I I, I think learning about personalities is is really for self acceptance. Also, you know, uh, understanding how you're wired and accepting and understanding it. Right. So, like my mentor is is a D I I D. Right. And I'm not like him at all. And and for years I just like thought like I was inadequate because I wasn't like that that high I D kind of person. Right. And when I learned that I was wired this way, I I know there's value in what I am. It's just different, right? It's not better or worse. It's different. So to kind of get away from the DIC a little bit, not to shift the conversation, but there's other great books. Um, This might be a little controversial because of the gender thing that's going on right now, but Meta from Mars, Women from Venus, great book. Uh, I realized very, you know, years back that I'm wired differently than my wife. But another really really good book that's really a good one. The is,
2: ladies, I, I wanted to capture the ladies were nodding a little bit when you were saying. So okay. <laughs> <kept> they didn't <laughs>
1: like it. All right, fine. no worries. I I I uh, I I'll be controversial every now and then. But um, the one that I think is really really good, and that is um, the Love Language book. And, and there's a lot of good ones. And and so you know some of the questions were you know live examples, right? So. My wife's love language is acts of service. So when she makes the bed or she makes you know something, uh, she puts my clothes away back in the closet, she thinks she's doing something that really bring, bring, bringing a lot of joy to me. And it's not I'm appreciative but not on the level she is. And when I don't do something like that, her love tank is not filled. And for me it's it's words of affirmation. And so you know, and and there's there's really you know five love languages: words of affirmation, uh, acts of service, uh, gifts. Um, I'm blanking on the others. They'll come to me. Don't, but you go go get the book. It's a great book. But the point is, is that knowing what you are and accepting what you are, and then understanding what others are, it really helps with with human interaction. And so now I know if I want to fill my wife's love tank, I'm going to make sure I'm doing things that are going to be acts of service. She knows if she's going to want to fill my love tank, that she's going to do, you know, it's, 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 for me, it's words of affirmation and physical touch. Um, and I think a lot of men, there's the, the physical touch tends to be on the higher side of it. Um, maybe how we're wired. I don't know. Again, but getting controversial in the male, female thing. But anyway, that's, that's just my, uh, my, my thoughts here. Is well, there's it's, other it's, other
2: books. it's probably one of the number one ways, you know, between spouses, partners where men, cause I, I know, I kind of go through that with my wife, I'm very physical and sometimes she isn't as much and I and I'm, and I'm craving that in the in the personal relationships, right? It's also where men sort of get in trouble. You look at a, you know, our, our current president, uh, you know, where there was a little bit too much physical uh, contact from his side for the public eye, that kind of thing. So you get that a lot, right? Um, I want to jump over to John. I know he wanted to jump in and talk about uh, asking for referrals and networking and how that can be hard. He's got some some tips for us. Go ahead, John.
4: Awesome. Yeah. Um, when I first started to network, I was working with a very high I personality type and he knew everybody. Like we couldn't go to a coffee shop without like him knowing every other person who walked in the door. And this was astounding to me because I'd been in sales for a long time. I'd never been a networker or a biz dev person. And I was like, how do you know all these people? And he's like, you're going to get there. I was like, I don't really know that that's going to be the case. And we. I have a great coach, very, very first coach, his name is Scott, and he was talking about the power of referrals and why a warm conversation is so treasured. And I was like, how am I going to get these? And so I just made it a game that I was going to make introductions within my network to become the connector that I wanted other people to be. So that way, whenever I asked you for a referral, Even if we hadn't worked together, if I hadn't sent anything to you, I felt comfortable asking for that referral because I knew that I was going to try to return that favor, right? Um, To introduce them to somebody. And that is just this habit that has kind of blossomed into this thing because I'll meet people and then I'll go make three to four to five introductions for them and some of them are fantastic. And then later on, whenever we follow up and they have a referral for me or something like that, I don't have any, um, uh, uh, any nervousness about, asking for like, hey, could you do an email connecting me to this person, you know, and that kind of thing, because a lot of people mean to refer you and connect you and stuff like that. But if you don't make that ask, right, just like in marketing, you gotta ask them to take action, right, so sometimes when you're networking, making that ask is really important and doing effort to make sure you feel comfortable making that ask can be a game changer.
2: And and I'll just add to this, make it easy for folks, right? So if if somebody mentions in a meeting, networking thing, oh, I, I know somebody You can follow up for that person and say, hey, you know, you mentioned so and so. Can you can you make that referral? I think a lot of people are waiting. You know, they're they're saying, Oh, well, they said they were going to do it, and then they're starting to get angry and they're having this, this solo conversation with themselves where they're getting themselves angry and frustrated. And, you know, this may have to do with the personality of the person that was in the meeting. Maybe they were just forgetful. There was other things going on. It's a big, wide world. There's a lot of things going on. There's pings on the social media, the kids coming up to you. Don't get upset. Just just follow up and you know what's the worst that somebody's gonna say? You know, the worst that usually happens is you just don't get a reply and you move on. Uh, but but don't sit there and stew on it, right? I think that's that's a big deal. I don't know if you want to keep going, John. I think I'll, I'll, hit I'll the the you hit the nail on
4: the head, right? I mean <laughs> that, you know, being able to get closure on, on a conversation. If like, Hey, there's more here, let's move forward. If, if there's not, that's great. Like that's a real gift because not everybody's going to give that to you. Right. So when you yeah, can get absolutely. that, no, because there's a level of trust that can be honest with you, they're not viewing you as a salesperson who's going to try to overcome their objections and talk them into it and stuff like that. Because if you think that that's what's going to happen, you, you, you go away, send me some information. I'd be happy to look at a proposal and then you just go avoid them until they give up. So if you can, yeah, I, I like to send me some
2: more information. Some people look at that like, oh, they're just, they're just throwing me off. But some people actually want the information. So I think yeah, the, I'm that the, way, guy, right? the way the That's... Way that I deal with that is like, what information would you like me to send you? <laughs> you know, so be very specific,
4: right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because to that same point, right? Uh, I think Tevis was talking about like knowing, knowing what you need to do in an environment to have the kind of output that you want, you know, and she's talking about the police, they're like whenever I show up and I'm the guy who is known for making connections and networking and opening up my Rolodex and everything, no one is concerned about the fact that I'm a sales coach. However, if you don't know that I do all those things, man, you know how many people don't want to talk to a sales coach? Yeah. Most of them, right? So uh making it about something else other than just oh well, John is a sales coach, right? Uh is is helpful for getting into conversations. So I think, yeah, that
2: credibility, right. And setting, setting the stage, letting people know where you're coming from. We talk about all the times and, you know, if we get on a a phone call or, you know, the LinkedIn message next week, we'll be talking about profiles. So I know we'll be getting into it, but that first message shouldn't be just a a pitch at me. Right. So, you know, let's, let's warm it up. You know, let me know some of the things about you. Let's, let's have a conversation before you're pitching me. Cause uh, I was, I was looking at a LinkedIn post today. It was really interesting because it was talking about, um, this idea of like, if the first message to me is is a sales thing and, and you're saying you're going to get leads to me, that's the, how you're going to help me with leads selling, you know, sending these kind, you know, that, that just doesn't work. Right. Um, we have Jurgen uh, here. I wanted to make sure I got to his comment. In Europe, we don't use the disc concept a lot, but uh, much more than the 16 personality types approach, which seems to be a little bit more in depth. Additionally, how many of the people you talk about really know in which pot they belong? Additionally, there's probably one major personal characteristic that I believe we develop over a lifetime based on experiences, don't we? Say that's an interesting thing. Can we just kind of go round robin, maybe just like a couple word answer on this? What do you think about this? Um, do you think people sort of develop like one major personal things it'd be nice to kind of get a, a quick kind of yay nay uh on this what do you think laurie
5: well i was going to use the story let me go last because i want to tell my own story which sort of ties into that
2: sure sure john
4: i so i've taken the 16 personality test three different times and i've gotten three different results each time right? <laughs> so i think that so, answers that yeah um there's there uh, because I deal with this conversation a lot. Our podcast is called Sales Throwdown and we talk about DISC a lot and we sell um, assessments through the podcast. And some people are like, well, I can just go take a free assessment. You absolutely can. But a 10 question assessment is not going to give you the same kind of feedback that a 40 or 60 assessment is. And you're not going to get the nuggets if you just skim the 30 or the or the little article talking about your and here's what that means. Like, There's a lot more depth to it than that.
2: Uh, let me get uh, feedback from Tavis. Up, you're on mute. 2020 theme song. There we go.
6: Um, Ask a question again, because I went down a rabbit hole of what John was saying. Yeah, no,
2: it's just so that we're just trying to get a, just sort of a a round robin feed on. Do you think, you know, people just kind of develop into kind of one major personality types? Well,
6: the problem is, and believe me, I've coached, high performers at KKR, Bloomberg, uh, uh, Disney, Disney, you name it. And part of what I've seen is that so many of us have looked at the world that we're moving through and said, who do I need to be to survive here? Right. And so I um, I think that there's a large gap between who we truly are and who we've curated ourselves into, thinking that we have to be that way, that we have to sever these aspects of self in order to survive and thrive professionally. And my whole thing is you've got the skills, you've got the competencies, you've got the degree, you know how to talk, you know how to put yourself together every day. If you bring who you really are, into all that you're going to kick butt even more and so i think it's it's part of the alienation of of becoming this thing this idea that we craft ourselves into and part of actually the self-actualization process that i call um I call that radical success as opposed to I've checked a bunch of boxes. So Yeah,
2: absolutely. Steve, before I go over to Karina, because I know she wanted to jump in and talk about something different, I just want to make sure we were getting some of the audience here. One personality type or are people a little bit more complex than that? Wait, say again, cameron. What do you ask? Do people develop just into one personality or oh. are people a little bit more complex than that? I think people are complex and and, yeah. and, and I think and, I think and I'll just say say this to to um Jürgen, I think, you know, you sort of got that unanimous kind of thing. I think we're we're all sort of complex individuals. Go ahead, Steve, and then we'll go to Colleen, yeah, and then we'll go to Lori and then we'll we'll wrap up the show here as we're into to the top. Yeah,
1: I haven't I don't know anything about the 16 personalities, but to me it sounds complicated, so I, to me, you know, I'm a simpleton and by nature. So if it's complicated, I, I don't I don't like it. That's just me, but but um but I know that even with DISC, and again, you know, it's one one aspect. It's not the only way to go, but you know, disc. There's going to be like you know, there's the the, the primary, and then there's there's usually a, a high second one, and then a third. So like I was diagnosed as a a DCI, right? So no, no sorry, DCS. I got no eye. My eye was non-existent in, my, in for me in my profile. Um, so, but anyway, so that's kind of like it's three things, right? So and that's unique, right? So there's there might be four, but there's also combinations. So anyway, it's just complex. I think we're all we're all work in progress. We're all, we're all different versions of it. Yeah. It's not, and I agree with Tevis, right? Uh, Yeah. It's just, you know, can't label yourself. Don't let, don't let a label limit you. I agree with all that for sure. All
2: right. We're going to go over to Corina. I just want to shout out some of our audience members here. Uh, We have James who is uh, chiming in active listening is crucial as is mirroring behavior when communicating with different personality types, be confident and flexible. I absolutely heart and love and, and agree with that i think the mirroring thing when you're communicating with people is such a strong strong tool uh when you're dealing with different personality types uh uh diane uh miss mama spiro uh, chiming in uh, for steve earlier on the the quality time uh as the uh the fifth language of love right uh michael malone jr always show your vulnerability it makes others feel they do not have to compete so hard for your acceptance, and I think this is a controversial topic, right? The, the vulnerability thing. People are afraid. I know I go through this uh, on a daily basis. Do I do I show my cards? You know, do I? You know, is it is it is it positive to show the things that I'm struggling with, or the things that uh, you know really challenge me, or? things that I think may, may put me in a, in a less than positive light, even though they make me stronger as a human being, as I'm going through them. Right. It's, it's a difficult thing uh, to go through. Uh, Greg Diaz, maybe the star Wars personality test should be considered as well. See, I don't know what that is, Greg. So you're going to have to share that with us. I love that input because I, I am a star Wars fan. So I'll leave that there, Karina, uh, we're flying over to you. Um, so I know you had something to share that we'll go Lori, and then we'll wrap up the show. We'll go around with the uh, kind of final statements and what we want to, le- Leave people with. Go ahead, Karina.
3: So I just wanted to bring up the topic of sometimes some people, and um, I know that there are many people who feel like they attract um, the opposite personality. um, And they feel like, you know, there's people who are, you know, oil and water. And you know, through my process of learning how to integrate different personalities into my life in a business aspect, but also in a personal aspect, I started to realize that, you know, the first step is to accept myself completely and be 100% confident in who I am in all the shades of colors that I am. Like, from what you see on the exterior is nothing like my personality until you actually get to know me. And so I think once I started to feel very comfortable and confident in who I am as a person on every level, even you know the little weird quirky things about myself, I started to realize that the people that I was attracting into my life were the opposite people. And it's very much um, symbiotic with the, um, the yin and yang. And I then started to feel not insecure around people who dominated in the opposite things as me. Um, You know, people who are very organized, people who are very analytical, you know, I then started to learn that and embrace it in my life so that I can then connect with them, but also improve myself and the things that I wanted to do better at. And so, you know, I just, I felt like this is a topic that needs to be talked about so people don't feel afraid of you know this person's like polar opposite of me a lot of times the people you're attracting into your life or the people that you're around or people you want to do business with you you find that they have bits and pieces of the personality that you want to improve yourself and that is obviously going to create a larger and better success for you so that you then can relate to other pers- uh, to personalities as well. But I honestly truly feel the very first step to being able to be embrace that instead of feeling insecure and, and allowing different personalities to make you uncomfortable or to feel insecure is to first embrace yourself and all of your many colors and personalities and being okay with that. And then when you're with someone who seems to be your complete opposite, you realize that you complement each other in such beautiful ways.
2: I love that, Karina. And I want to kind of wrap up. We're getting to the top of the hour. So, uh, Karina, uh, I know we are are your LinkedIn link there, but uh, who would you love to connect with you and what's a great way to reach out to you?
3: say that question again. I'm so sorry. I did not. <laughs> no
2: so who, who would you love to connect with you? And uh, what's the best way to reach out
3: to you? You know, honestly, I would love to connect with anyone. I've had a very um, diverse background and getting to the point I am today with my businesses and becoming an entrepreneur. So I invite anyone who is looking to, you know, get out of that box, that sometimes yourself puts your, you know, puts yourself into, or you feel like other people put you in a box. You know, anyone who wants to be able to connect and have a different perspective and belief in themselves, please follow me. Um, You know, I'm an entrepreneur. And so the, you know, the best ways to connect with me would be, um, you know, through my LinkedIn, I utilize my LinkedIn quite a bit. Um, Karina Burton, and then I also have different social media platforms like my Instagram. And
2: Thanks, Karina. I, I just want to highlight, uh, I think this was uh, James before, if I'm not mistaken, saying that he uh, often uh, sees your posts about intuition in your posts. Uh, and, and loves it. So I know she's following you. So thanks so much for that. Lori, we're going to go over to you. And so we're going to get final, final thoughts from everybody. And please do let folks know uh, the best way to reach out to you as you're giving your final uh, bits of advice for the audience today.
5: Okay. One of the most important things that affected me negatively is um, personality profile tests and stuff aren't the whole answer. If they were, they'd be called God. I was told for 20 plus years, I could not sell and i believe that because that's what everyone told me a personality is not a sales personality then i meet a gentleman who gives me a book called spin selling i read the book and realize i do that and what it is is i solve people's problems and instead of selling i tell people how i can solve their problems that sells for me and i wasted 20 30 years not selling because i was told i couldn't a personality profile is only a guideline and it depends how it's defined because I sell a lot now because I solve people's problems. And if I would have just broken that mold 20 years ago, I'd be way ahead of I am today. Uh, you can reach me on LinkedIn on the Lori Rifkin, the Lunch of Lori guy. Uh, one of the things I do is teach people how to network and overcome the, uh, the stigmas or stereotypes that I was given. Because like Steve, I'm an introvert, but I run networking groups and teach people how to network uh, from an intro- introvert's point of view. So connect with me on LinkedIn is the best way.
2: Love it, Lori. Thank you so much. And I love that solving problems thing because if you solve somebody's problem, right, there's not much you need. Not much else you need to sell. You know, where do I sign, right? Uh, we'll go to John, and then we'll we'll finish up strong with Tevis. Go ahead, John.
4: Wow. Um, much like Lori, whenever I first found out my disc, it was in a fashion of you're gonna struggle in sales. Not like you're not gonna be able to do it. Uh, thankfully, my coach was able to kind of see past the kind of black or white of just like a, an assessment based hiring decision. But he did talk about the struggle of why I struggled in sales and why uh, where it was gonna get in my way. And it started from there. And thankfully, I was able to kind of figure it out the really important thing to notice is that it doesn't have to be adversarial, right? You can give people really great feedback, right? And improvement portions. If you can use something like DISC or MBTI or 16 personalities, there's so many of these assessments around. You just have to pick one because it gives you a great way to get people very constructive feedback without necessarily shutting everybody down. In sales, it's often taught as like this, like gift, you either have it or you don't. And we can all talk on the show about how like none of us were born with it. You develop it over time, it's a skill set. Um, so know who you are, think about it all the time and figure out where it's holding you back um, in relation to your goals. What's oh, the best sorry.
2: way for folks to get in touch with you, John?
4: Yeah. The the best way is on LinkedIn. Um, John Hill is my name, but there's a bajillion of us. So that's why the John Small Mountain exists. Um, we have a podcast called Sales Throwdown. We have and C on that show. And we're all the hosts. We sell very differently. We think about sales differently, but every one of those shows is a little mini clinic and how these different personality types converse, right? There's 90 something episodes. There's a lot of content there. So go check it out. And yeah, Follow me Thanks, if John. you would like
2: more help. We're going to go over to Tevis and then uh, Steve will close it out. Go ahead, Tevis.
6: Oh, my God. I just want to hire everyone on this panel. You're all amazing. <laughs> That's
2: a my good line out of that. There we go. Yeah.
6: Right. My parting words um, of advice are ones I give myself, and that is stay connected to yourself when you walk into a room or walk into a conversation or get on a panel and remember the energy exchange, remember the, the social currency, and whoever you're talking to, it's just another little kid deep down inside. So remembering that is really empowering. I love working with senior uh, senior leaders, um, senior executives, high performers who are really ready to game change, who are like, okay, I figured out how to play the game. Now I want to up my game and that's who I love to work with. So you can reach me at Balance integration and um, reach out.
2: Thank you, Thomas. All right, Mr. Steve Spiro close us out today.
1: Absolutely. So great, great show today. Phenomenal. Uh, everyone was amazing. And, uh, you know, so I want to just leave you with, with a thought here, right? You know, we are in a place where I think there's a lot of judgment and, you know, people, uh, I know I was in a place for, for a long time where I judged others and I judged myself. And I'm just gonna s- suggest that we all have grace with each other, right? Uh, a very wise man, a mentor to me said years ago, if you walked in their shoes, if you lived their exact life, if you were inside their skin for the last whatever amount of years, would you be any different? If every single experience that they had, the way they were raised, you know, or the economic situation, would you be different and just give people grace, you know, but the good thing is, you know, if, if, and give yourself grace, but we could change and we could always be better. And so, you know, I, I just, again, I want to, want to say again, you guys hear me talk about it. If you watch the show, we need to be the light. We need to make sure that we're, we're inspiring people. We're always giving people, uh, the, the benefit of the doubt. Uh, we, we want to try our best to not judge people. Certainly don't judge ourselves. Don't give, you know, and, uh, yeah, and there it is right there, be the, be the, be, give grace and give, be the light. So, but I appreciate everyone, Cameron, you're the man, appreciate you uh, being, uh, doing an incredible job here. Just want to mention real quick, we're going to be in on uh, the 21st of June. We're going to have the famous Bob Berg, uh, the author of The Go-Giver, uh, and we're shifting our show as of the 21st of June to Monday, because we think that uh, the audience is getting uh, they're, 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 they need summers off, uh, Friday summers. And I know when I was in advertising, everyone took off Friday afternoon. So uh, with COVID, everyone's going to want to get out. They're not going to be on the show. So Karen and I made an executive decision as of June 20th. Including
2: 20- us, including us. Including
1: us. That's true. <laughs> but, but it's going to be a great kickoff. So, you know, don't tune out for the next few Fridays. But on Monday, June 21st, it's going to be an amazing show. Uh, the, it's going to be the go giver way, and it's going to be incredible. So make sure you tune in. But uh, thank you, and, and, and next
2: week, May twenty eighth, we got minimizing your LinkedIn profile and brand. Or sorry, I said minimize, maximizing your LinkedIn profile and brand uh, yes. next Friday. So that's a good one for all our LinkedIn folks. Yes. Uh, we always end the show with. Uh, a little bit of a crush it send off. So uh, we'll ask you all to count backwards with us. Steve's gonna lead us in that, and here we go.
1: Five, five, four,
2: four, four, three, three, two, two, one. one, crush it. Thank you, everybody. We're gonna see you on the flip side. If you're on LinkedIn, make sure you hit those emojis, make sure you share this out. If this was helpful to you, share it out to somebody. Thank you to all our panelists. Steve, close this out, brother.
1: Absolutely. I love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Let's play the video.
0: Fire up your Friday.
1: Fired up Friday.
0: With Steve Spiro, the master connector.
1: I am Steve Spiro, the master connector.
0: Over the next hour of this master connection series, we will take a deep dive into the different ways to connect and network effectively
2: see us and hear us right now so LinkedIn we are on here we're getting ready
0: hear from experts along with Steve Spiro who went from being shy and introverted to the master connector